Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Destiny Geekhood. I'm Taylor. So, in honor of the new Pokemon game releasing tomorrow, we're going we're to go ahead and discuss, obviously, our favorite thing ever, Pokemon. Yeah, well, just for those of you who are unfortunate, godly unfortunate not to know what Pokemon is, we'll give you a little back history. Uh, Pokemon was started in Japan, obviously, as all great things are. Um, it was started by a man who, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I'm going to butcher it. Um, but basically, he wanted to create a way to, enter to entertain children in a more urbanized Japan like the way he used to collect bugs back in his own hometown. Just about, and you know, for those of us in America who actually don't know, it actually was in Japan first, and we didn't have blue over there. They had red and green, but with how successful those two were, they instantly released blue, which was actually Japan's first standalone Pokemon game. And with how successful Red and Blue, well, and Green, we can't forget Green again, were, it wasn't many more years before we got our next generation, which was Gold and Silver. Oh, we're not even there yet. We're still on the Game Boy Color. But, but can we talk about how awesome it was to go from this black and white screen to, holy crap, there's color now? And around that time is when we got uh, – we see it transfer from the Game Boy series over to other consoles, such as the N64, which we get Pokemon Snap, which was one of my favorite. And it's really cool because we end up with – you could go to Blockbuster and take your uh, – was it your memory card or was it your cart? And then you could actually print out the pictures that you yourself have taken on Pokemon Snap, which was actually pretty cool, especially for a 9, 10-year-old like us. That is true. But then we got other Smash hits, such as Pokemon Stadium, um, as well as the not-as-successful, but just-as-cute Hey You Pikachu. And I feel so bad, I actually forgot Pokemon Yellow, and I, I think most of our listeners won't even remember that either. But po Now, Pokemon Yellow, now that we're backtracking, was a retelling of Red and Blue. But the interesting thing about this one is it was didn't follow the same storyline. In this one, you actually followed the anime storyline.
Not only that, can we talk about flying Pikachu? And for all of you that all of you who thought you're so cool with your little emoticons on your phones and stuff like that, keep in mind Pikachu was the first one. And my favorite thing with that series was that's the first one where you could have all three starters without training with somebody. You could be a hermit and have all three starters. Oh my god. Nowadays everything's over the internet. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the global trading station, but it's nothing compared to the good old days of Link Cables. I was so happy when Ash finally hit puberty. You have no idea. It was the 90s. Japan was a new thing to us. We'll give credit where it's due. So going back to gold and silver, you know, you have the upgrade to color. But then it introduces a really cool system, which was one of my favorite things, especially, again, I was a young kid at the time. But these games came with an internal battery on the inside, and this internal battery basically was like, it kept, it kept the time. It let you know when it was day or night, which changed, what Pokemon you could get, what Pokemon could evolve, what events would happen at that time. Because I remember to this day, and I still have not completed it, but there's nothing harder than trying to get your Eevee to fall in love with you and level up at night to get that Umbreon. <laughs> exactly. And also, Gold and Silver is the only game to this day, and it saddens me to say that you can actually go back to a previous region. Because that was awesome. You beat the Johto League. You're, you're the best person ever. And then here comes Professor Elm, and Professor Oka says, Actually, why don't you come back home with me? You can beat all of our gym leaders. We absolutely should. So moving forward to the Game Boy Advance series, you get, like Amanda said, Ruby and Sapphire, which is going to be the remake we get tomorrow. So we get... It's the only one on the Game Boy Advance. You get new characters. And this is actually the second game after Crystal, that you could play as a female character, which I know made a lot of people happy. Oh, contest. I failed at you. Yes, uh, uh, Game Freak, we need to talk. I'm still waiting for a game where I can play as Team Plasma or Team Rocket. So, and then with, with, and with Ruby and Sapphire, we also get, this is the first time we get introduced to another evil team. Because in Gold, Silver, Red, and Blue, you had Team Rocket with our favorite Jesse and James. Don't, don't get us wrong, we love you guys. 
That's true. But in this one, you get Team Plasma and Team Aqua. And this is the first time that you see a team that, first off, they are version exclusive. But at the same time, they don't just want money. That was Team Rocket's whole thing. They wanted money. Seth, uh, I'm sorry. Team Aqua and Team Plasma literally were bent on world destruction. Team Aqua wanted to raise the ocean to make everything basically water world. None of our readers will know what that is. And Team Magma basically wanted to erupt all the volcanoes in the Earth and start life over again. And of course, they did something that Gold and Silver sort of did, but they took a whole different way. We get a third version, like Gold and Silver had Crystal, and we get Emerald. But the thing that set Emerald apart from Ruby and Sapphire is it introduced a new legendary Pokemon that you could only get in that version. Exactly. So shifting forward, we leave the Game Boy Advance behind and we go into the Nintendo DS. And in this version, we get Diamond, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. And I have to say, this is the series that probably introduced, first off, some of the cutest characters you could choose from. Exactly. The starter Pokemon? I'm sorry. I'm Team Piplup all the way. I don't care about the Fire Monkey or whatever Turtwig was. But this is also the first time that you see... I believe it was the first time, but you actually get um, Pokemon as they evolve. They become dual types versus just Fire, Grass, and more. Exactly, and with this game is where you kind of see yourself evolve, no pun intended, from the kid that was like, I've got a team of all level 99 Pikachus all named Poop, to no, I need a team that's balanced, I need perfect IVs, I need perfect stats, this needs to happen, otherwise I can't do this properly. I just got like 30 seconds of silence. What?
Absolutely not. Again, I was a nine-year-old kid that was like, I have a level 99 team. They all have stupid names. Woo! So, and then continuing with the second generation and on, we get a third installment, which is Pokemon Platinum. And I have to say, Pokemon Platinum was kind of dark and eerie. Exactly. And so, moving forward, we actually get our first remake since, um, actually, no, the first remake ever, actually, I guess, because technically Yellow wasn't really a remake. It was its own thing, but we get Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Which, and the reason Amanda is making that sound is because she wants it so badly, and it is still going for $60, $70 to this day. Just for the record, she's heart gold, I'm soul silver, just so we have that clear. Um, no, I'm always soul silver, thank you. But the cool thing about Heart Gold and Soul Silver was this was actually an anniversary game. This was the 15th anniversary of Pokemon Yellow. So the fun thing that you get with it is it goes back to that whole thing of where Pikachu follows you around. But in this case, whoever is in the first starter position and your team gets to follow you so yeah you can walk around with your cyndaquil your um bay leaf your feraligator whatever but say you want to change it up and next thing you know you turn around and somebody's got a waylord falling behind them exactly i remember because they were doing that's when they this is when we first get like events in the u.s and they had the shiny uh trio from Johto and I had my shiny uh, Raikou and I walked around with a giant Thundercat behind me. So moving on we get our, our first new game and this one is Pokemon Black and White and I have to say I don't think there was a single game that got more controversy than Pokemon Black and White. Exactly. This is the first one that we get where, like, when you walk into a town, it's an actual 3D town. You you walk into Castilia City, and it's skyscrapers. You're actually walking in between skyscrapers, not between these little 2D platforms. No. You actually have to go between part to part to part of this town because it's so freaking huge. Is, is that a lot of people don't realize is that um, Black and White was the first game that was actually based on the American region. That being said, this was also the first time that they let an American actually design the Pokemon. And the guy that, that did Trubbish, Garbodor, Vanellix, Vanellice, whatever the hell the other ones are called, he it was an American that did it. So a lot of people were just like, oh, Japan, what are you doing? It's like, actually, this is a home team disadvantage. So And this is also the first time 
And I, I think since uh, Red and Blue, please correct me if I'm wrong, that the legendary Pokemon were all of the same species. Because in Red, Blue, and Green, you had Moltres, Articuno, and Zapdos, the three legendary birds. Moving, moving forward, you had the legendary beasts. They were just beasts because you find out later they're not all dogs. Only Suicune's a dog. The other two are cats. And then you have Groudon and Kygor, which is some weird fish thing and dinosaur. Rayquaza is the god of thunder, because that's normal. And then you get along with, you know, it just keeps moving forward. So in this one, you get the legendary dragons. Exactly, because you get, you know, the game has his exclusive ones. You have Reshiram, um, Krygor, and I can't remember the third one right now. Zekrom, thank you. Um, but you also get the three Pixies. You can also catch either Latios or Latias, depending on if you're male or female. You can also catch um, Cresselia. Which you can't catch Darkrai, I didn't understand that, but... And then you can catch each of the Three Musketeers. Exactly. And the cool thing about Black 2 and White 2 is you get, this is the first time, I believe, again, correct me if I'm wrong, that we actually have a continuation of a storyline. This is two years after the original game. Exactly. And throughout the entire game, you get you hear this legend of the legendary hero who joined forces with the dragons to stop Team Plasma. Not only that, but the story continues as well. A lot of the gym leaders have changed. A lot of the other characters you meet along the way, such as Bianca, who's one of your rivals in the first game, is actually Professor Juniper's assistant this time around. Exactly, and then you get the the connoisseur trio. They, they're no longer gym leaders. And Black 2 gives you this really cool option of memory link, where if, as long as you have another DS, you can actually get bits and pieces of the story, and it tells you what's going on, such as Silent Crest and Chili. You find out that they actually were defeated by the new Team Plasma, and that's why they're no longer gym leaders. Like They were like, look, we love our gym, but we have to give it up.
And then there's this really cool thing with Memory Link where you can catch N's Pokemon. Because basically after N is defeated, he decides he's going into Solitude. So he leaves all of his Pokemon behind. And all these Pokemon have special abilities that they can do. For example, it's the only time that you can catch a... Um, what's the Evolve form of Darumaka? Exact, yes, that goes into Zenmo, which is the statue that it turns into. So, we have a little bit of a dry spell, and then comes probably the greatest thing to happen to Pokemon, at least advancement-wise, and the first one that has nothing to do with the color, which was surprised us all, X and Y. So, for those of you who are listening, X and Y was basically like a man playing RuPaul's Drag Race. And the cool thing about this is, especially for me, this is the first time that I see us in America, we actually get to experience some of the hype that comes with there's a new series coming. Because you meet characters that are in X and Y in the black and white anime, as well as we start getting these like little movie specials. And I have to say that this is at this point in time is when we get Pokemon Origins, the little four-part miniseries that actually followed the game and you actually had red and blue, which I'm so mad they didn't continue it, but that's when we first get into the legend of the Kalos region and uh, Mega Evolution, and then we had another movie about Mega Evolution, and then there was one about Mewtwo and Mega Evolution. So this is the first time that we're sitting there going, wait, we actually get to be spoiled too? We get to see what's going on before it comes out? Though I have to say, if you do, it is actually very adult-oriented. It is, it is actually geared towards teens and young adults because it is very violent, very twisted. And you're just like, wait, this is not cute little Pikachu and Ash on my TV. That, I believe, was in the, event, the Electric Tales of Pikachu. That wasn't the official manga. Anyways... So we get the Kalos region, and this is the first time that everybody's 3D. Nobody's a sprite. Like, how exciting was that? It's definitely, and this kind of follows the tradition that started with Diamond and Pearl, where the story's actually very, very dark. But, exactly, and you get the option of, like Amanda said, you can be not only male and female, but you can be a person of color. You can... Change your accessories, your outfits. But I have to say, it's not fair. The girls have so many cute outfits than the guys did. And the only time a guy can be cute is when you get into the little fancy boutique in, um, oh, what's it called? Yes, Lamar City. And it costs you like 10,000 Poké Dollars for a hat. There's a coupon? I'm going to have to look into that again.
Yes. And we get a whole bunch of new features with this as well. Like Amina says, you can sit on a bench finally. There's not that awkward, you're trying to sit on a bench and you just hear that dun 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 You know, it's this weird rave music that's you walking into into a solid object. You get Rhyhorn writing, which I thought was pretty damn cool. You get Mamoswine writing. Go-Goats. Can we talk about Go-Goats and how adorable and amazing they are? That poor Skidoo. And then you get not only the bicycle, but you get rollerblades this time around. And you can actually do tricks on these. Like, part of the game is one of the side quests is you can actually go, I think you just defeat certain people and you unlock a new trick that you can do. Um, and then, like we mentioned, you get Mega Evolution. Now, Mega Evolution is basically, and it's something that you take the entire game to learn how to do. You get the stone, and your Pokemon gets the stone, and basically, you reach this harm, harmonious cycle with your Pokemon, and they can go up to the next level. But it's not permanent like regular, regular evolution. The next thing you know, you turn around, and your Charizard is black with these amazing wings and these blue flames coming out of his mouth. And for the first time since the original series, and I'm glad they made fun of it in the anime, Charizard is finally a dragon type. <laughs> that but you get the issue of like i love houndoom i mean he's literally the dog you expect to be sitting at hades foot but but the problem is you get houndoomite in one version but you can only catch houndoom in the other version what sense does that make yes yes i do thank you for that i actually got it from your platinum and we don't need to talk about that little uh, slingshot game you have to do to trade. And <laughs> but as with that as well, you just you get a new team, and it goes back to the roots of first off, let's talk about how fabulous Team Flare is. But they want money. That's all they want. It's back to the whole Team Rocket thing. And then you get an homage to the manga, which a lot of people I don't think know, is that in the manga, most of the gym leaders actually work for Team Rocket. And you get to see, once again, how deep and rooted the evil of this this organization is because Giovanni was one thing. You didn't get to meet Giovanni until you had seven badges, which who else did that piss off? You go from Palatown to Verdian City, and the next thing you know, oh, well, our gene leader's out. And the hell is he coming back? But you get to the Pokemon League, and you go up against the Fire One. What was her name again? Malva. And you find Malva, she's a, she's a celebrity, basically. She's part of the hologram news com company. She's your anchor. But you find out when you go defeat her that she hates you. She despises you. Why? Because you took down Team Plasma, which she's a part of. Flair, sorry, damn it. Exactly, and I regret to say I think I missed out on DNC. But, so we've discussed the whole series, so what Amina and I are going to do now is we're going to kind of talk about our own personal views on the series. Basically go through each generation and kind of discuss our favorite things about it. So, 
let's start with red and blue. And I guess yellow. Let's throw yellow into there as well. It's technically Generation 1, so... Favorite Pokemon? See, Charmander for me. And I think that's the great thing about being a kid in the early days. Yes, you had all these amazing Pokemon, but your starter is where it was. Exactly. Now, as far as gym leaders go, I have to say, I think Erica was my favorite, especially in the anime, because she was she was the first time we get an actual three-dimensional character. Where you've got Brock, you've got Misty, LT Surge. LT Surge scared the living crap out of me, let me just say that now. But I have to say Erica was probably my favorite because she was the first type when you're like, oh, I've got a whole bunch of fire Pokemon. I'm good. Um, she's a fire poison grass gym. Have fun. I would have said Sabrina except for the fact that I'm sorry, but as a child, Sabrina scared the living crap out of me. <laughs> Not only that, but he's really after getting a wife. I don't know if he really wants a wife or he's kind of Moroku. Like, is there something we're missing here? Pretty much. Which, for those of you who don't know, there's a movie series. And, you know, most of them are actually pretty fabulous. I'm sorry, as a 90s kid, nothing to this day makes me more upset than watching Pokemon the first movie. And when Ash, spoiler alert, dies and everybody starts crying, I'm done. But it's so sad. Absolutely, and I have to say before we start, Gen 2 is my favorite. My favorite Gen 2 Pokemon, which overall is my favorite Pokemon of all, is Cyndaquil, the little fire mole. He's adorable, and he was always so cute in the anime. And then he evolves, and he turns into this giant. If you thought honey badgers were scary enough, imagine a giant six-foot one with flames shooting out of his back. And let's mention how terrible it was because you have, oh my god, you have roaming Pokemon for the first time. I think to this day I still have never caught all three Legendary Beasts outside of Suicune and Crystal, but that's a giveaway. But I think with Gen... Gen 2 is what gets really interesting is there's an actual storyline between behind the the legendaries. It's not just okay, he was created in a lab from an eyebrow. 
But, you know, there's actually this sad story behind, like, the Tin Tower and the Burn Tower, which was where we get all the legendaries, Lugia, Ho-Oh, Suicune, Entei, and Raikou. And Gen 2 is actually where we get uh, shiny Pokemon for the first time because you get the Red Gyarados, which we get to meet Lance, who was one of the Elite Four from Kanto for the first time. <laughs> so moving forward with that, we have Hoenn, Generation 3. My favorite Pokemon in Generation 3, and which is actually probably the, one of the saddest, is Spoink. I love me some Spoink. But he's so damn adorable. Yeah. 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 That was actually Generation 2, believe it or not. Just... Yeah, just keep in mind that literally we went from black and white to Gen 2 of clocks, color. You have baby Pokemon. You have breeding, which I have to say, as far as baby Pokemon go, it's Pichu, Pichu or Go Home. See, my problem with Generation 3 is it was the least memorable for me, and I really did not like any of the starter Pokemon. And Generation 3 is what started the firefighting starter trope that we had for the longest time. But we have to, especially when we get to the one that finally broke it. Exactly. And I like the fact that in Gen 3, we get our first professor that's basically incapable of doing anything correctly. I, professor Birch, my hat's off to you. Oh, wait, no, that was 4. We had Rowan in 3. See, this tells you how much about 3 I, I don't know. Oh, absolutely. So, 4, it's Piplup. Oh, definitely. Let's have it. Which, actually, we get to the whole inside story of Scree. Because, I mean, what's greater than stepping out of a Pokemon Center and seeing the Poka Satan flying over you and some little girl going, Woo! <laughs> but, okay, but the question is, if you had to choose between your favorite Gen 4, is it Drifloon or is it Giratina? I guess there would be nothing cuter than a girl on a Poka Satan holding her little balloon with her. Which I think it's funny that Amanda's two favorite Pokemon are two of the creepiest Pokemon out there. <laughs> so we move on to Gen 5. And Gen 5 gives me two of my favorite things. First off, it gives me my favorite Professor. I absolutely love Professor Juniper. Both in the anime and the series. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, let me backtrack. Gen 4 gives me my favorite champion. I absolutely love Cynthia. And we get, everyone's got that anime crush, you know, for most girls it's Tuxedo Mask. But for me, it was Cynthia. Cynthia, I mean, her and those dragon Pokemon. And I love the fact that in Pokemon, there's a role reversal. 
you don't have to be a guy like Lance to be a Dragon Master. It's like, no, you can be Iris or you can be Cynthia and it's, it's all okay. But going back, so Gen 5, Black and White, Black and White 2, Professor Juniper, Lover to Death. My favorite Pokemon, and this is the first time I've actually been interested in a Grass-type Pokemon, had to be Superior. Well, my big thing is, imagine, literally, this is, this Pokemon is basically the Basilisk in the Chamber of Secrets. This is a seven-foot-tall grass snake. This is the tallest of all the grass starters. Even Ivysaur, who has a giant palm tree on his back. Venusaur, pardon me. But a fun little fact is, if you look at, especially if you look at Snivy's artwork, he originally was going to be called Smugleaf because he had a little curved upturned nose, which if you've seen the anime is absolutely perfect because Snivy was the most fierce little Pokemon ever. I was trying to be nice, but yes. I'm sorry there was nothing better than watching Amolga and Snivy fight over Oshawott. And just, and Gen 5 also gave me, two, as far as the anime goes, two of my favorite companions. Because I loved Iris, but I absolutely love Silent. Silent just, he made me happy. Because I... And honestly, if I could have a game where you could be anything, I think I'd be a Pokemon connoisseur. Because how much fun would that be? Oh, you know I'm in A class. I'm working on that C class, that uh, S class right now. But as far as I, I honestly didn't care for any of the legendaries, to be honest. So, since you're our Paris connoisseur, why don't you move us on to Kalos? Though I, I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of the anime version of him because to me he just came off really broody and kind of depressing. this is the first time ever that you can actually battle another professor which is something we've been waiting for since the beginning of the game Which was great because thank, thank you, thank you, Del Fox. You broke the trend of firefighting types. Poor Chestnut, you tried so hard. You were cute when you were as a chestpin. That was the freshman 15 right there. <laughs> I have to say, I'm going to agree with you as far as starter Pokemon go, because my favorite was Froakie. I absolutely love Froakie. 
especially like you said, evolving into this I'm, I'm sorry, Greninja. He's literally a giant frog ninja. Exactly. No, I do remember that platinum when you were at one twenty. But in all honesty, with X and Y, it was really hard not to. Because it was, as far as the other ones go, is an extremely short storyline. Oh, definitely, because especially if they bring back Friend Safari for this, I'm going to need some more Friend Safaris because I'm determined to get some certain shinies. Though I have to say good luck trying to get a battle with her. I've been trying since Black and White to battle her. Okay, that doesn't count. I'm for the record, and we will probably podcast this. At one point, Amanda and I will have an all-out war between her level ninety Piplup and my level ninety Cyndaquil. <laughs> exactly. So that's probably going to be fun. It'll probably be very explicit, but it's it's the war of the ages. Um, but I'm I'm excited, but at the same time. I don't know because I don't remember much of Gen 3. So we're going to see if this makes things better. My only thing is, is I'm kind of tired of the Mega Evolution thing. I think they're trying too hard now. Yeah, I need to try that. Um, I haven't seen it coming to work yet, but I, I've, I've heard great reviews about it. It's just what saddened for me for it is that nobody, it flew under the radar. Nobody knew about it. Exactly, and de definitely when both of us get a copy of it, you'll hear from us on it. But I think something we need to discuss on is that Pokemon's not child-friendly, despite the fact that you're a 10-year-old saving the world over and over again. There are a lot of dark themes into it, wouldn't you agree, Amanda?
I, and I think the later generations actually got the creepiest ones. In Generation 5, you have Yaw Mask, which is basically the... Sp actually, no, you had a couple of basically people who died and became Pokemon, including Yaw Mask, Crossophagus, all these Pokemon. But Yaw Mask is the spirit that carries around this mask with him, and it's the mask of its human face. And occasionally, the mask will cry actual tears because it will remember what its life was when it was a human. Which then it evolves into Drift Blim and it's like, what now? What now? And then you then you got Phantom, who is literally tree stumps that are possessed by the spirit of children who have died while in the forest. And we thought growing up that the whole Gengar Clefairy thing was creepy. Keep in mind, they did just introduce the god of death. Where can they go from here? Definitely. And speaking of other shows, just so you guys know, I know we took a small hiatus and we apologize for that. It's just, you know, life got a little busy. <laughs> but just so you guys have some stuff to look forward to, we will be reviewing the new Smash Brothers. I will try to get my hands on a, a Wii U version, considering I just got my Wii U, which that'll be a whole solo podcast for me is about how much I love my Wii U. We've also got – we will be doing a post-apocalyptic podcast coming up. We will be doing a um, – at some point we'll review all the new shows that came out as well as we will discuss the fact that the comic cinematic universe blew up about a month ago. I know Amanda is super excited because we will be doing a Google Hangout based on cosplay and it's going to be fun because I'm not a cosplayer. So it'll be me asking her some questions, her doing some co costume reveals, and probably giving you a little crafty arts and crafts tips to help you along the way. And then I know something that Amanda's excited for because she finally converted me to the dark side. We'll be having a special episode called Tiny Wimey Time, and it will be me and Amanda discussing Doctor Who. Exactly. And just so y'all know, next week, it'll be the first time Amanda and I are in the same city, so we will have a special little quick show for you. That's basically what we've got planned coming up. Exactly. And also keep a lookout. We will be introducing our Facebook probably within the next couple of days where you can comment on past shows, what you think we should do, or just some general chat because, I mean, we're, we live in a world of social media and internet identity, so why not soak it up? So to end our night, I'm Taylor, and have a pokatastic rest of the week.